Um, Xcode has this new bug where it spins up home D, which spins up two instances of diagnostic D, and they just peg both of your or all of your CPUs. And um, when then it just eventually causes my fans to just go on high, and it's just absolutely horrible. And so, um, when that happens, you have to kill Home D, even though Home D itself isn't using that much CPU. Diagnostic D is using more CPU. Uh, but you kill Home D, and it eventually kills the other two things. And then after about five minutes, the fans slow down, which they're slowly doing. Sounds like fun. Yeah. That's what you get um, for leaving us for Adam. For leaving, I'm not using Adam anymore. Adam, that's eh, crazy. I'm not on Sublime. Oh, Sublime. Well, and IntelliJ for you know actual Python. Really, IntelliJ for Python. Yeah. What's you know they they have their what's their Python ID PyCharm. Yeah. Um, but they also just like that's the same as just the Python plugin for IntelliJ. And I gotta say, it's nice. We've talked about this before, at least briefly. They do all kinds of uh, all kinds of great stuff. You can like command click on things, and you can jump to definition. Like they can do a analysis in here that I didn't think you could like was possible to do on um, Python code. It works really yeah, well. Yeah, that sounds very nice. I would yeah. like to work with that rather than I. I do all my untyped stuff in TextMate. Yeah, TextMate too. If you're working, I mean, I'm sure that, uh, or I would assume that there's a similar IntelliJ situation for like Ruby or yeah, whatever you're writing. It's but some um, Ruby yeah, and some I, Node. I, I think a, I think a similar thing is this for Node. I think I'd recommend you check it out. Uh, yeah, I should. Um, what do you want to talk about today? Yeah, man, I don't know. We've collection sequences and iterators, and then like so that's actually a good topic for today because there's some drama on Swift Evolution right now. Oh, so what's what drama is happening here? I mean, I know that we had put this on the list because you have given, or you had a talk that you were giving, I think, uh, last year about collections and sequences, but um, that obviously doesn't take into account Swift Evolution drama. So what's happening in the uh, community? Yeah, um, there's a good bit happening. It's it's all pretty advanced sequence and collection stuff. So should we do like a quick like run through of what the different relevant protocols are? And that sounds yeah. That sounds like a good idea, and uh, you are, I think, the the most qualified person here to talk about that, so uh, why don't you, you school me on that? Uh, cool, I'm down. So um, I will say that if any of this is like, I'm going to go pretty fast, if any of it doesn't make any sense, like the talk, the um, sequence and collection talk from uh, Playgrounds last year is a really good place to start if you want like a little more information about the low-level stuff that we're talking about. Okay, and that... that- is your talks from your talk from playgrounds or yeah that's my talk right um okay. and we'll put that in the show notes so basically there's one protocol that everything is built on top of called sequence all it does is define something that will provide you an iterator and an iterator is something that you can call next on to get values until that iterator is spent so there's lots of different kinds of sequences you can imagine something that iterates or like a sequence that represents all the lines in a text file you can um imagine you know lots of different kinds of of sequences you can imagine like the numbers going from one to a hundred spaced out by 10 each time all these things are sequences you have sequence that's like the base protocol and everything that you're almost everything that you're used to working on is built on top of sequence so if you want to map something you can map any sequence flat map likewise filter same deal if you want to Mm -hmm. sort you can sort a sequence you can do all this stuff wait you can sort sequences aren't guaranteed to uh to end correct that's right sequences so so there's a bunch of caveats what does it mean what does it mean to sort a sequence that may be an infinite sequence you also can't map an infinite sequence if you think about it 
Well, you can keep, uh, you can like keep just running that transform as you get new elements at least. Well, but yeah, yeah but you would just, it would spin infinitely. So, yeah, sequence's weird deal is it basically doesn't make any guarantees about what kind of thing you're going to get. It can be infinite or it can be not infinite, and repeated iteration can give you uh, either the same thing each iteration or totally different things each iteration. So it just doesn't make any guarantees on repeatability, and it doesn't make any guarantees on um, finiteness. Wait, you're allowed to iterate over a sequence more than once? Oh, it's you can't use an iterator more than once, though, right? Is yeah, that... an iterator is destructive and consuming. Um, okay. And a sequence, some of the sequences, if you repeat them over and over again, they'll give you the same values every time. Some of them will mm-hmm. give you different values every time. And some of them but will give not... you some values and then no more values. Okay. Yeah. Okay. Interesting. Yeah. So a sequence might have like might have state like that where you iterate it once, you get values, you try to iterate again, and you don't get any values. Right. Exactly. So this leaves a lot to the um, like to the implementation of a given sequence that just isn't specified in the protocol. Exactly. And there's some some things defined just on sequence like map or sort that just don't make sense for for certain sequences. Yeah, so um, map requires infiniteness, but it doesn't require multipass. Right. So, um, yeah, but the, or sorry, it requires finiteness. So, yeah, there's lots of yeah, operations yeah. that require it to be finite. There's some operations that require it to be um, repeatable, but not a ton. So, yeah, so that's basically what's going on with sequence. And then on top of sequence, there's a bunch of other stuff. The main one is collection, which um, the way that collection works is it's indexed. So it gives you a start index, and you can fetch the value at that index, or you can ask for the index after the start index. Uh, And it goes all the way to the end index. So because there's a start index and an end index, it is always finite, and it is always repeatable. These are like semantic guarantees that you have to agree to if you're going to make a collection. Obviously, you could you could write a collection that returns garbage every time, but like for it to be a proper quote unquote semantic mm-hmm. collection, it has to be repeatable and finite. So, if you want okay. those guarantees, the only way to be sure that it will be finite and uh, multipass is by conforming to collection um, for your let's say your function takes some value and needs to do something with it. You would want to conform to collection instead of sequence. Okay. So that that's that, the main that makes bulk of it. There's also bidirectional collection, which allows you to iterate from the back. There's range. Um, there's random access collection, which allows you to jump to a random point in the collection. And then there's range replaceable collection, and there's mutable collection, and other stuff that is not as relevant for this discussion. This may not be relevant for this discussion, but just to check, does random access collection mean that you can jump to an element uh, with it, like in a certain um, like in o of uh, one time time complexity? Yeah, exactly. Okay. It has to be o of one for it to be a random access collection. Okay. There's a bunch gotcha. of weird dark magic and a bunch of weird like stuff that goes on. Like if you conform to something that is automatically stridable, uh, like an integer, then it will automatically give you range replaceable. Or sorry, random access collection. It's a bunch of weird, dark stuff. But not really relevant. For the most part, you don't have to worry about it as you code Swift day to day. So this brings us to like the kind of these two big open things with sequence that make them really hard to use. One is your sequence may or may not be finite, and your sequence may or may not be repeatably iterable. Right. Right. Now, a couple of months ago, I uh, when the Swift Evolution forums opened, I was like, okay, I'm going to make a pitch that I think is really strong. It's actually going to change the language, but not in that big of a way, and I think it will make things a lot simpler. And so what I proposed was that we make sequences always have to be multipass. 
but they can be they can okay. still be infinite. Now the benefit to what I see here is that right now we have two kind of components. One is the sequence and one is this iterator. The iterator is always destructive. You can always only iterate it once. You know that once you've spent it, it will return nil. As many times as you want to call next on it, it's going to return nil. So it will never give you anything after it's spent, right? Okay. And then we have this other thing on the other side, which is sequence, which is sometimes multiply iterable, but sometimes acts like an iterator. And as you iterate it, you're actually destroying it. And if you're looking at just the type of this thing, there's just no there's way to tell no way what to kind know. of... Yeah, there's no right. way to know. And so right. my proposal was basically, let's make a very bright line here. And the bright line is iterators are always destructive or are always destroyed as you, as, as you iterate them. They're always consumed as you iterate them. And sequences are never destroyed as you iterate them. If there's something that you're working with that will be destroyed, like let's say a, um, what do you call it, a cryptographically secure random number generator, a CSRNG, mm-hmm. um, that cannot be modeled as a sequence because once you vend a value out of that, you can never get that value back. And that well, is necessary. Well, you may get it. that value back, but uh, it's but not, not in be... Yeah, not in a defined order. Right. Yeah. yeah. And so that has to be defined as an iterator. And like if you're trying to cram something from the network like a packet or something into this model it has to be an iterator because once you vend those elements they're never coming back and everything else is going to be a sequence and that way sequences are always multi-pass and um, we have this bright line so we know that if we have an iterator that means we can only iterate it once and we have a sequence which means we can iterate it as many times as we want what is the uh what's the relationship between an iterator and a sequence in in this world that you're describing uh, exactly the same as, as it is today. You tell a sequence, hey, I want a new iterator, and it vends to you a new iterator. But you're thinking that you may have iterators that are not powered by sequences then? Yeah, yes. Okay. Yeah, which today you don't really work at the iterator level ever. Right. Um, you never, like, hand someone an iterator. But in this world, you might want to do that. Interesting. Okay. Yeah. Um, there's also some bit tied up in the ownership manifesto because you can imagine if you can mark a type as consumed with the ownership manifesto, then perhaps that's something that we would want our iterators, our destructive iterators to conform to. So once you've actually spent them, the type system mm. doesn't allow you to iterate them again or something. But I'm actually not super worried about that now because that's coming in Swift 6 or whatever. So far, so good? Yeah, I follow you so far. Okay, so that was my pitch. This was a couple months ago, and it had really, really tepid response. Everybody was kind of like, yeah, we're not going to do this. It's too late in the Swift language to do this. Sorry. And I was kind of bummed out by that. And then um, about a month after that, uh, Ben Cohen, Airspeed Velocity, that guy, who is actually mm-hmm. on the Swift core team. He's not, not only does he work on Swift, he's on the core team. Um, so he's definitely a big shot. Tweeted out this big thread that was like, I've been thinking about it and kind of then kind of laid out exactly the same points that I was making in my forum post. Okay, cool. That's, that's gotta be validating. Yeah, I, um, I liked it. I thought it was really nice. Um, I'm, I'm kind of, I'm thinking over your, your pitch here. Cause I remember reading through this a little bit at the time, uh, but withholding discussion until, uh, until later. Yeah. We had always wanted to kind of touch on this topic, but we haven't kind of done it until now. Mm-hmm. And I will put, uh, I will put Ben's thread in the show notes as well. Uh, when I dig it up. Okay. Yeah. So okay. So that basically brings us to the present day. I, I've heard um, 
whisperings, and I've seen in a couple of um, Swift Evolution threads that they're kind of mentioning this, like, oh, what are we going to do about sequences, multi-pass versus single-pass status? We don't know what's happening with that. It's up in the air. So there's, like, some whisperings and some, like, some like little stuff floating around the Swift Evolution forum. So it's, it's clearly something that's going on. And then last night, Dave Abrahams posted a GitHub repo that was all about what we should do with sequence. And so his proposal hmm. was essentially sequence should be multi-pass, but it doesn't make sense to have it be the base of every collection and every, every like iterable thing in the entire, you know, in the Swift world. And so his proposal yeah. was actually that instead of collection being a child of sequence, sequence should now be a child of collection. Hmm. Yeah. But, uh, hmm. Okay. What, uh, I haven't seen this GitHub repo going around. What is the, what would the motivation for that be? So the motivation is that sequence has a bunch of weird associated types with it that you don't normally have to deal with because they, the center library provides defaults for you. But because they're, they're so different from collections associated types, it makes a couple things really hard, especially around conditional conformance. So for example, a sequence has a subsequence. And by default, that's going to be any sequence, which is the concrete type, you know, it's a type racer, any sequence. Mm-hmm. But when you go to the collection world, the iterator is something that you bring yourself for every sequence. But as soon as you hit collection, and then you also, you know, graduate up to those higher level APIs, range replaceable collection, mutable collection, all those, they all use something called indexing iterator, which uses an index to step through a collection. And that like, that makes sense. Like you shouldn't have to write your own iterator when you write a collection because the things that you provide for a collection already have everything you need to, to, to enable iteration. And so they all use the same iterator, but this associated type is still floating out there. And so when you go to do conditional conformance, my understanding is that when you conditionally conform to sequence, you might need to set a custom iterator, but then once you go to conditionally conform to collection, you can't use that custom iterator anymore because it like brings its own. And so there's like this conflict. And so you have to choose with your type, am I going to conditionally conform to sequence or am I conditionally conforming to collection and everything else? Hmm. So you can imagine that that like kind of makes some of the types a little tougher. And I think this is why lazy sequence and lazy collection are still separate types in the standard library, even though mm-hmm. lazy collection has a bunch of conditional conformance. So it's like lazy collection where the base is bidirectional or where the base is range replaceable. And you can add extra behavior to lazy collection, but you can't finally merge lazy collection and lazy sequence because of this problem. And so if you if, if you make every sequence a collection, I think Dave's argument here is that it will get rid of this problem and, and make the whole system a lot simpler. Okay. Yeah. I think I follow. I'm definitely going to have to go through and read this, uh, read this readme here. Yeah, I, I dropped that in the show notes. Um, so that's super interesting and weird. I like sequence. I think it has value, especially in it's so easy to create. So I think this is a, I personally think that this is a bit overkill, but I also don't have to deal with the con- conditional conformance problems that um, the people who maintain the the actual Swift yeah. Um, yeah have to sort of deal with. Yeah, this is something something that I'm uh, I kind of struggling with thinking about like thinking about your proposal uh, or your pitch and thinking about this is that I don't have a this these are such like fundamental parts of the standard library that I don't feel like I have a really good understanding for the breadth of how people may be using them in different code bases. Yeah. 
and like the different pitfalls that uh, that people may be experiencing. Yeah, which makes it really hard to evaluate the these changes, and also hard to evaluate like how good is what we have now. Yeah, I think that's right. I think until you get into the really nitty gritty of like you've defined a bunch of sequences and collections of your own, you've you know I think you have to kind of spend some time and think right. about it. It's pretty pretty weird um, in terms of a system. Some people's proposal is go the other way and say so. The whole point of the sequence protocol is that anything that conforms to sequence, you can put it into a for in loop, right? Mm-hmm. So some people say, okay, why don't we make iter- iterators the things that are for inable? And then once we have that, then we always know iterators are a single pass, and then sequence can go to being multi-pass, uh, and then um, you know the rest of the hierarchy does its own thing. That does seem to make sense, at least at the outset. Are there problems with that, uh, with that approach? Yeah, so the problems that I see with it are if you have a type that is singly iterable, you're still going to move all your operations onto it. Um, you're going to move map there because that's going to be your lowest common denominator. You're going to move filter there. You're going to move min and max and all that other stuff. You're going to move that to there. And then you end up with the same problem you have today, which is all these functions have to be written in a single pass way instead of being written in a simpler way that assumes that you can pass over a sequence multiple times. Mm, I see. Yeah. So I can give you two concrete examples of that. Um, one is like, uh, have you worked with like a C function partition? Uh, I am familiar with it in concept at least. Yeah. So what it does, this one relies on mutable collection in Swift and it swaps elements until all of the elements in the first sort of half of the array are past some test. that's like a block. And then all the elements after that pivot point uh, fail the test. If that mm-hmm. makes sense. And it returns to you that pivot point so you can like split it up. And right. that's really cool, but that's not stable. It doesn't preserve the order. And so if you want to preserve the order, you might want to do two filters, right? Filter with the rule being true and the filter with the rule being false. Yeah. And you would expect that to work, but it doesn't because this, the sequence might not be multi-pass. So you just can't do that. You can't do two filters. Right, I see that yeah. problem. Yeah, but it's like it's like stuff like that. Or another one is um, I'm obsessed with this function each pair, where it returns to you a tuple <laughs> of all the pairs, um, yeah. so you can deal with like fence post problems. And the way to do that normally is you zip together the sequence and the sequence minus the first element, but that actually relies on the sequence twice. So the longhand way to do it is like, okay, we'll hold on to the first element, grab the second element, create a tuple. Then the tuple, but then hold on to the second element because you're going to need to append it to the third element. And it just becomes a lot more complicated than the one-liner that you can do if you know that the, that the sequence is multi-pass. So stuff like that is pretty frustrating. So yeah, so those are kind of the problems. That's kind of where we're at. And then the last kind of final stage of this, the Super Saiyan mode, is somebody was like, let's just delete sequence. Let's just make... <laughs> this is a galaxy brain approach. Yeah, exactly. Well, I literally tweeted a like, galaxy brain meme of like all of these approaches. Uh, we'll have to put that in the show notes. I, I haven't seen that. Yeah, uh, I will drop that in there. The, 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 the last version is, why don't we just type alias sequence to collection? Because if it's going to be multi-pass, then your index can actually be the iterator of the last one. This is kind of hard to explain. Okay, so an iterator means you have an object where if you call a function on it in O of one time, you're going to get the next value. So in some sense, you could think of that as the index to that next value. 
Okay. And then so then that iterator becomes the index, and then we just can assume it's multipass, and uh, we just have to build a little bit of machinery around it, and then um, all of our current sequences should kind of work. I mean, the migration path is going to be um, kind of shaky, and it's going to be a pretty big change, but this is like the latest like craziness. Yeah. I personally think that's like a really extreme approach, but, you know, that's what's currently out there. Maybe there's a path Boy. towards like deprecating sequence and then all the sequences in the standard library, like unfold sequence and stuff, we could like turn into collections somehow. Boy, they're just, I, I'm starting to dig into, starting here to dig into some of the like Swift evolution links that you shared. And man, there's a lot, a lot has been written about this. Yeah, much ink has been spilled. It's yeah. 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 We're, we're out there in the trenches fighting this out every day. No, I don't know. It, it's, it's a weird one too because like they they say they don't want any more source source breaking changes. Like this would be a really really big one. This would be a huge source breaking change. And part of the reason that I liked the original approach, which is just make every sequence have to be multipass, is that for almost every sequence that's already true. Right. It's it's barely source breaking. It is kind of semantics breaking, but those semantics aren't communicated by any of the types that exist now. That's right. It like is, by the types themselves. Yeah. It is semantic breaking, yeah. but yeah, like the only um, in my in my pitch thread, I tried to enumerate every possible sequence that would be singly iterable, that would be single pass, and the ones yeah. I came up with are random numbers. Another one is like stuff that comes from the network, which I don't think should be modeled as a sequence at all. I think it should be modeled as a stream or a signal or whatever reactive paradigm you like. Yeah, I'm not sure. I mean, yeah, I don't know how exactly you're you're bridging like network IO into a sequence, but yeah, it's that... not great. <laughs> yeah. So there's those two. And then there's, um, huh. stuff that is, is single pass by choice. So there, there used to be some types in the standard library that they, they were reference types and they conformed to both sequence and iterator. And so when you iterated the iterator, you were actually mutating this sequence because it was a reference type and they changed that. Mm-hmm. They fixed that. So that's gone. And then the last one is if you do that, like sequence, first next function do you know that one uh no i don't it's basically you give it a first value and then a next function and it will call the next function with the previous value over and over oh, again it's really okay. handy um, this is how you might do like uh if you wanted to implement a pseudo random number generator with a seed in purely in the sequence api you would yeah you'd you probably do that this way yeah yeah and um and you the problem is because it's a block it can capture anything and you can just do whatever you want in there and so that could theoretically be a single pass sequence as well. But I just think that's bad form. Like you just shouldn't do that. That's like, that should be a bug. Yeah. I, I feel like, uh, it, it will come as no surprise to you or our listeners that I feel like I tend to agree with you here. <laughs> uh, with the caveat again, that like, I'm just not like, I haven't written a custom sequence circle. Well, I've recently written a custom collection and I'm not that familiar with how like this stuff is being used broadly in the like, diverse set of uh code bases written in swift yeah um and i also, you know, and, and I also have not read uh, a lot of the swift evolution threads that you have yeah <laughs> I, I try to keep up with it i mean the nice thing about it being you know not a mailing list anymore is that you can mute or ignore the threads you don't care about oh it's so much easier to like follow things now on on uh what, what is it called discourse discourse yeah it's good it's, uh it's it. very good yeah thank you swift team yeah, we we, we love it. Yeah, so that's what's going on with, with sequence and, and collection. Um, they're, they're interesting protocols, and they're worth knowing about just because they're so powerful. 
you like almost don't need to write a for loop in Swift if you don't want to. <laughs> and I really like that. I really? Think it's great, yeah. There's a couple hmm. of weird cases where for loops are truly better, but for the most part, between zipping stuff together and using like first where and like high level stuff like that, mapping obviously, filtering obviously, you can get really far and almost never have to write a for loop. Huh. Yeah. You are truly at the uh at the like galaxy brain level. I am, I am truly ascended. <laughs> I'm a bodhisattva of, of sequences and collections. Yeah. Uh, this would be a good place to pitch again that um, listeners should watch your sequencing collection doc from Playgrounds. Yep. I should go back and rewatch that too. And uh, our show notes for this episode will have a whole lot of reading on this topic. Yeah. I definitely appreciate, Sarush, you giving me this uh, overview of, of what's happening and the competing uh, competing options or competing proposals, competing pitches, because uh, this is something that is interesting, but yeah, that I just have not followed or uh didn't didn't really know what's happening yeah yeah it's it's interesting there's a lot going on um there's a lot of food for thought yeah and it's like okay let's say you were going to design even your own language like how would you yeah. solve these problems and and sequence is really nice and elegant because it's just really one function it's this next function but also you know it it, it limits us in these ways and you can't have a random access sequence and stuff like that so you gotta like build in all mm-hmm. these other things and like how would you do it so it's it's it's, it is, as you said, good good food for thought. Yeah. Yeah. Also, I think we'd be remiss if we didn't say... Fans of the show might know Nate Cook. Uh, he works on um, dev pubs at Apple. He's a very smart person. He's he's eight N's on Twitter, like N8, Nate. Um, it's like N-N-N-N-N. And uh, he has this thing he calls Nate's first law of Swift, which is never bet against Array's performance. So... Nine nine times out of a hundred, just use an array. <laughs> like you can overthink it and you can do all this stuff, but like nine nine times out of a hundred, array is gonna actually give you crazy good performance and just just use that. Uh, it all depends on what you're doing, but yeah, that no, is probably true. true. But it's it is crazy. Like sometimes you'll do like these little optimizations that you think like, oh, array will never be able to like do the shit I'm doing here. And like you test it, and it's like array just blows it out of the water. <laughs> Totally. I, I totally believe that. I mean, it's probably one of the most heavily optimized parts of the standard library yeah, would, uh, because so. it's so widely used. Speaking of arrays, uh, a little bit of a throwback to last week's episode. Did you go back and uh, re-implement your, um, I forget, the, the exercise that you were doing using arrays instead of the back and forth conversion to strings? I didn't do that. I didn't do that. Okay. Sorry. If you did, I mean, no apologies needed. Just if you did, I'd be curious uh, how it went. Yeah, I'm sure it would work. I'm not super worried about it, but I just didn't make time for it. The thing I yeah. did do between last recording and this one is I finally opened a, and this is Swift Evolution related, I opened a proposal and a reference implementation for count where. Um, Ooh. Yeah. And so I pitched that about a month ago, and I hadn't, I just hadn't had time to like go in and just like figure out how the standard library stuff all works. Um, but I got it. I got it working. And you have the reference implementation. That's awesome. I'm glad you got that working. Uh, yeah, I wrote tests for it and I wrote it all. I feel great. That's awesome. Congratulations. Yeah. Um, it would not have been possible without uh, a ton of help from a bunch of people, but yeah, it's, it's done. And so it's, uh, hopefully the proposal review period will open up sometime soon and, um, we'll be able to see if people accept my proposal. If you have a link, please uh, throw that in the show notes as well. Yeah, I will drop links to both the proposal P, uh, PR into the Swift Evolution repo and the implementation 
PR into the Swift repo itself. Awesome. So I will drop both of those in there. Nice. Uh, cool. Yeah. On that note. Great to talk to you as always. Yeah. Uh, you too. And uh, enjoy the rest of your evening. Thanks to the Patreons. The best people Thank you in the very world. Much for your, best people in the world. You're making it possible for us to produce this show. And we really appreciate that. Yeah. So does everyone else who listens. Uh, and I will talk to you and all of our listeners next week. Bye, Sirish. <laughs>